Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has laid. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's just be the church. Let's be what we're called to be, the pillar and the ground of the truth. And we are studying the word of God systematically. Not only are we studying it systematically, this is Sunday morning in the word. Glory to God. And tonight we're going to have um, another speaker uh, continue the word of God um, on our evening study. But this is Sunday morning in the word. And I always say when we study systematically, I always tell people, get a notebook. If if you have not gotten a notebook for Urban Glory, Sunday mornings in the words, and now we're doing kind of like a Tuesday, Wednesday through, uh, Tuesday through Thursday study, you're going to miss out on a lot of pivotal information. And the Lord has kind of challenged me this year to kind of um, charge the people of God to step it up. And so we, we this is a charge uh, to the church as well. And we're going to continue our study on Level Up. We're on part two of it, and we're going to be dealing with First Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5. We're going to finish up First Thessalonians. Kind of review just a little bit. And um, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to read like I did the last time, but I will review just a little bit. And um, and um, we'll go on from there. Amen. What we're talking about is really establishing a basis for um, the next level of living, the next manner of living. Amen. So, just making sure I get um, okay. I can use that. Praise God. You know, you get a note, and you just like, okay, Lord, that that's something I can use. I'll use that, and um, I am on my structure for today and we should be done. Amen. 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 Well, I got so many papers, but it's not um a bad thing. It's just that it's not what I need at this point in my in my walk. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you because we are confident in the authority of your word that your word has been sent and is coming to transform us into the very image of your son, Jesus. And so we trust you, Holy Spirit, to... Um, Reveal um, your plan as we step up our our game today, if you will. And always, we ask you in this process to grace us and to equip us with what we need to know, so we can serve you more perfectly and more intimately 
and in everything, Father, we'll give you alone the praise for the things that shall be accomplished and the things that shall be revealed. It is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise God. All right. Right when I said amen, my uh, my notes just resurfaced. Praise God. <laughs> anyway, God is good. All right. We are talking about leveled up. Leveled up. You know, God has called us to maturity, and maturity needs to be defined. Everything needs to be defined. I was talking to some believers yesterday, and I said, you know, it is very important. I was talking about message uh, delivery. It's very important that we don't assume that people understand and and uh, understand things that we com- constantly repeat. I said, and they kind of they said, you know, that is right because the more and more you hear, the more they believe that you have the same wavelength. Oh, wow. I tell you. Praise God. Somebody confirm to me that you can still hear me. Okay. That's never happened. Okay. Praise God. All right. Got the confirmation. Praise the Lord. Okay. So one of the things that I said in the... uh, in the passage was, or in the conversation um, that was striking is that even when you think they know, define. Define what you think they already know. So that way, at least when you're communicating something, they'll, um, they'll know where you're coming from. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? They'll know the context and where you're coming from. And this is also applying the challenge of triumph. We've been talking all year that this is the year of triumph, that we're going to attain a place in God where there's victorious, uh, uh, eternal victorious ending. And we, and we are conscious of several things. And today we're going to see that the scripture tells us to be comfort, conscious and, and to use what we should be conscious of as a source of comfort for the future. And a lot of people is not a source of comfort because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Glory to God. It's always when you know where you're going, you get tickled sometimes <laughs> because you know that many times based on what I'm saying now, you know, that I used to say this when I was a younger preacher and very ambitious and even probably a little arrogant. Um, I used to say, now, you know, we are accountable for the things we hear and we're responsible from this point at the point we hear it. <laughs> so I, I believe that applies to today's lesson. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm laughing because I know that if you if you take into consideration what will be said and what is expected of us as believers, your life level will ascend into Christ. Now, I want you to also understand that I'm not necessarily coming from a religious lens, but I am coming from scriptural integrity. 
that if we're going to, uh, without any religious tradition, that you're going to hear in in the second division of Thessalonians, the word tradition. But you have to understand when Paul is speaking of tradition in, in the second division of, of tradition, or tradition in the second division of Thessalonians, or the church of Thessalonica, I love that, that, that term, the church. See, you have to understand he's leveling up the church because the church is supposed to reflect the image that they carry with that. And, and in other words, if you're not like Jesus, you're not the church. Now, we got stupid songs out there. Yes, I'm coming for the song like I have been for years. We sing, there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I can search through all eternity, Lord, and find none that there is none like you. Are you seriously not living a Christian life to where you can't see Jesus and somebody else? Nobody can touch your heart like Jesus? Are you serious? Check your relationships. How, how can you be walking in agreement? Some of you are married, and you don't see God in your, and that's why your marriage is failing. Hello, I know. Trust me. Mine failed. Glory to God. Can't see Jesus in another person. There are some like the Lord. And as, as a matter of fact, the book introduces us as being like our Father and one with our Father, and we ought to reflect the image that we carry with us. And perhaps if you would just uh, tighten up that, that fine line and that straight and narrow with being like your Savior, instead of saying there's none like him and endeavoring to be like him, there'll be a testimony as Jesus is. So are you in this world. You know that scripture, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> See, they didn't comprehend this in the Old Testament. And even in the Old Testament, in Psalms 82, God said, don't you know ye are God? <laughs> God standeth in the congregations amongst the gods. In other words, a lot of us, we are fighting. Now, you're fighting with the God of this world. Do you get what I'm saying? You're fighting with the God of your flesh. When, you, when, when we talk about sanctification and holiness, these are these are things that we're fighting with, and the only thing that is going to going to quench and going to overtake and overthrow those areas that that are out of alignment is the spirit of God being embraced in our spirit, in, or as or as our character, as our life, as our manner of living. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies where? Within you. It is not an external relationship. Holiness is not an external relationship. Do you hear me? Not that exhausts you and 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 um and and appeal to your flesh by just breaking it down like a baby, but I'm gonna do it a little more advanced today because there's just something that you need to have a high regard for to level up. And so for so long, I, we go to churches and we dumb down this message to, to 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 third grade reading level. And I understand you want everybody to understand. Everybody's gonna is not gonna understand. Jesus would say things knowing they wouldn't understand. You like the parable of the soil, friend. And he said, if you don't understand this parable, you ain't gonna understand any parable. 
and he looked at his disciples. He said, they, they, they see him, but they don't see. They're hearing, but they don't hear. But blessed are your eyes because you see and you perceive and you understand because it's given to you to know. Revelation then is entrusted to the believer. If God can't trust you, he won't transform you. Something to think about. There are three things that we want to discuss in this lesson. I'm getting old when you start giving your outline at the top of your message. (laughs) Number one is being convicted unto holiness. Number two is comprehending uh, well, we're going to switch it up, comforting by Christ's return. And then number three is comprehending, comprehending divine pictures. You get what I'm saying? Comprehending divine pictures. Amen. Now, Thessalonians was written to the church of Thessalonica. It's a pivotal church. Of course, it's a church by the river. And there they had believers coming in and out, in and out, in and out. It's a place of trade. It's a place of success. God was establishing the word of God here. Now, Thessalonians and Colossians and Ephesus, all of these are pivotal places. But here is not necessarily, it's a little city with big impact. As a matter of fact, in the second division of this letter, Paul says, make sure every church hears this letter. Okay, so you, he's dealing with two different things. It's a, a suggestion that he wrote two different times, but ultimately they really just really di- divided it based on the the construct of it. It's one letter to the church or one address to the to the church of Thessalonica with about four to five subjects. And so this subject uh, or this opens up. <clears throat> excuse me, in two different ways. Now he is. Something I need you to understand. Whenever you, whenever you study the Word of God, you have to bring uh, yourself to three lenses of understanding. First of all, the personal, the personal revelation, how it applies to you, and then the preservance factor. How does it relate not only to me, but how does, how can it apply through? Me, which and what I mean is not through me, is you being a conduit or a vessel where God can use your life as an example, right? For your generation, can they see Christ in you and develop hope for glory or the display of His works? And then, and then you got to see it for the prophetic implication, meaning the the, the big picture of God. We are a part of his plan. We're not only appreciating the power of his plan by him being God or observing and appreciating the history of his plan, seeing it in the lines of scripture, but we are also a part of his plan. And that's what what causes us to obtain the revelation, to find it's relevant, to be relatable with one another, and then develop a righteous resolve so that we can then re, re, resound the, the glory of, of, of exemplifying these truths that we have. Now, one of the greatest roles of the Holy Spirit is to present the truth to you because the Holy Spirit is the intelligence of God. 
It is what causes you to think and comprehend the plan of God. And God has one plan that has been repeated throughout history. This fellowship that he desires and he has created us for is the plan that he gives us to systematically sing to. Amen. And so we search the scriptures for scriptural references of truth. And then we, we appeal to the scriptures so that we can develop spiritual revelation on the truth. Now, this is, the Bible says the truth will make you free, but you got to continue in the word of God. So the freedom that we're seeking is based on us having a spiritual revelation. But you're going to have to develop a system for the truth. And that's that everyday walk that you have to do. But you won't do it if you don't have supportive relationships. Follow those who through faith and patience and have the promise. And it says, don't forsake yourself with the assembly as the man of some is. Do you hear what I'm saying? But then there comes another part. You got to be saturated through sanctification. You got to be, even if nobody tells you, if nobody says anything to you, because you have a system, because you, you seek spiritual revelation, and you can find scriptural, uh, scriptural references, whether you have support or not, you have saturated or engaged, com completely engaged into this process for truth and just for truth. Because you can't exemplify a God you don't know. And you can't stand in confidence, hallelujah, with a God you don't serve. You don't have confidence. So many people up here faking and, and you can see it all the time, but that is not of you in the name of Jesus. All right? So you got to continue in the word of God. That's that's just the, the, the main thing. And today we're going to give you practical application of how you can level up. And so that's what God is requiring of us, to level up. Now, in the first three chapters that we covered last week, we, we dealt with, the worth of faith, the work of faith, actually, the work of faith. And, of course, you know, this is the works of him to believe on the one that he said. It is not easy just to believe. Don't let nobody lie to you about that. Like you just come into the knowledge of the truth by osmosis. No, you, you, have, to, you have to do some things to believe. You got to be humble first. You got to be instructed. Hallelujah. Because you don't know the truth. Hallelujah. And then you got to you, you have to really brace yourself for contradiction. And it is and it is that endurance factor of you of you being able to bear through trials and tribulations that, that show you whether you believe or not. I got a perfect illustration of this. When I was younger, one of the, the manifestations of the spirit that was very Impression, I, and I think it was just because of the manner of, of level of praying and the commitment that I had toward the things of God. I operated heavily in healing when I was younger. I mean, much younger. When I pray for the sick was nothing. I believed the prayer of faith and the spirit of the Lord would raise them up. And I, even though I wasn't an elder in age, I believed the word in spirit. I was the elder in spirit. I would lay hands on the sick and they would recover because I knew God was a healer. 
Then when I begin to age in progress and things start happening in my body, um, one of the major things, Dr. Mills, and I'll say that in honor of my former pastor, childhood pastor, preface that. And, um, but one of the things I was going through, I had growth on my neck. And um, it was a, a cyst that had formed from an improper haircut, I believe. But it's just it was a, it was a serious situation. Well, it wasn't that serious because God healed it. But, um, but um, or, you know, well, actually, we had a medical procedure, but I'll tell you why I say God healed it. Um, but um, anyway, one of the things was I, I knew the truth of God's word. I I believed. I thought I believed it, but I didn't. I knew the truth, and I was even brave enough to exemplify that truth exteriorly. And so when the thing had come, I was trying on a suit to, because I just joined the praise team, and I saw I went to go turn around, and I saw that there was a huge lump on my head, and I was very upset about it. I was very upset. I was in pain. I was wondering why I was having headaches and stuff. I was upset. And so I go up to the altar for prayer. And um, I, I already talked with the doctors and everything in the rain, something. And Pastor Mills goes to lay hands and then he steps back for a second. And he said, LaVon, I'll never forget this as long as I live. He said, LaVon, why do you believe God to take it away? And I had went through all of this process, and I didn't do what I knew to do. I panicked in my test, and I didn't apply what I professed. And now I'm at the altar with the pastor, and the pastor reminds me, first of all, do you know who you are? Do you know what you could have done? Yeah, God can work through the... As a physician, but it could have worked without him. <laughs> and it and and the conviction. Now I know that's not for everybody. I know some people we try to, and I'm not telling you to play God. And I'm and definitely, if your life is not on the level of faith as it was when I was at that period of time, then you don't, you can't even go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Do what you got to do. That's not what he was saying to me. But he knew me. He was my pastor. You get what I'm saying? And I knew me too. I knew me enough to know better. To to at least align my belief with my standard, even if I had to uh, go through a process. Do you hear what I'm saying? But it shocked me. It shocked me into finding that I really didn't believe what I was professing on my mouth. And if you're honest with yourself, when it comes to these two chapters in the book of Thessalonians, a lot of us struggle with this area, especially when it comes to the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, what we're going to do in this in the, in the summation of this, when we are convicted unto holiness and we are comforted by Christ's return, we, we there's things that you have to you have to do. Three things that you have to do. Number one, you got to review your consecration before the Lord. You got to be consecrated. You got to be fully committed. There was a song by uh, Luther Barnes, I believe, "Fully Committed to You." I love that song. It's in the '80s, so you know I'm I'm an '80s salvation person. Thirty years in the making, praise the Lord. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, 
God has appointed us not under wrath, but uh, but uh, to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, that means or live or die, or should live together or live together with Him. It says, "Wherefore comfort ye one another with these words." You know what I'm saying? That's verse five. That's what we're going to. But I wanted you to understand that there's a there's an expectation. That that you got to get the most out of your salvation. You have to review your your what you did to to know that you saved. Do you, do you hear me? Because many of us don't. And this is the work of faith. That's what it says. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and patience and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's chapter one. Now in chapter two. We dealt with, uh, and I'm just picking, extracting just a, a, a point of scripture because we're reading the old one. But it says in verse five, we didn't we didn't manipulate the process because we had the truth. And remember when I was telling you in the in the first in the first lessons of the teaching that part of this teaching is to really deal with. Uh, uh, Part of this teaching is to really challenge us on uh, the philosophies, the vain worship, the angel worship, all of these things that we place in 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 place of of of, of the truth. We start subverting to in erroneous tradition, respect of holidays, and all of those. He said, "But listen," he said, "For neither at any time use we flattering words, as ye know, what cloaks of." Covetousness, which are, which are really just to convince us that we can do it and handle it on our own, and this narcissistic teaching out here that is that is demonically inserted as kingdom teaching and prosperity teaching and 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 even gospel is 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 is, is preventing the witness that God can confirm, because God can confirm that message. And that's why you don't see the supernatural happening in churches. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so sick of this, this thing where we just lay in hands and see if people fall on the floor. Just go ahead and fall on the floor. I never get one time Bishop Gibson said this. And it was so funny. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell everybody, because we're so, we so impressed by people falling out that they're not standing up and being what they're supposed to be. We need to level up, and that's what I'm coming against, that erroneous religious spirit that has a form of godliness but denies itself because it has no power. So he said he said in a joke one time, he says, you know, LeVar, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell everybody when they come to the altar, just lay on the ground, and instead of pushing them to fall out, I'm going to pull them up so they can stand up and see what difference it makes. I said, you know, one day we need to do that. Just have everybody come out and lay on the floor and just yank them up so they can understand that God is calling them up and not down. Hallelujah. It says, listen, nor of men sought we any glory. See, I don't care about what men think about me when I'm preaching the gospel. They are not my ambition. I don't care if you clap or you don't clap. If you say you did a good job or you didn't, I'm not preaching for you. My assignment is not based on your accolades. Hallelujah. And neither is my witness credible by your affirmation of me. You might not like me one day. Hallelujah. We're talking about growing up into another nation. It says, listen, neither of you nor yet, or, nor yet of others, 
when we might have been burdensome as apostles of Christ, but we were Gentiles among you, even a nurse that charged the children. In other words, we were. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because you were dear unto us. Now here, here's something that I didn't say in the last lesson that I'm saying in this lesson. You have to understand, when you really are ready to proclaim the word of God and to preach to people, you don't mind opening up your own soul. You know what it took for God to get you in a place called holiness. Now, I know there's, there's a religious sect of people that are acquainted and in love with the word, but not what the word requires. Because there's many people that claim they are holy and they hellish. Anytime they revert to holiness being what you wear and how you sound, you already understand they don't comprehend what holiness is all about. Holiness is one of the highest forms of humility. You hear what I'm saying, Church of God? It is not an external, it is not an external reflection, it's an eternal, internal, internal, inward witness. An esteem of the inward man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this is what we would create our convictions. Now, I told you, you got to review your consecration. I only gave you one, right? There's two other things you got to do. You got to review your claims because you don't know. See, if you claim and stuff, we always talk about naming and claiming. You stop doing that so suddenly. Don't claim something that's not yours. We got so many people that are envious and, uh, what's the word, covetous. That's the word that the, the old uh, King James used. You know what that means? We want what somebody else has just because they have it. We're, we're envious and desirous of things. And it could be something religious as well. Because you see somebody flow in the prophecy, yeah, 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 you're going to get a car next week because you love Jesus. Turn around three times and drink a glass of water. <laughs> so much stupid stuff going on in the church. Dumb stuff with dumb people. Fools, the scripture says. Because they're trying to be God instead of letting God be God. Hallelujah. It's tight, but it's right. We got so much hocus pocus going on. Got gyrations, uh, men men kissing women in the mouth and calling it prophecies and all dumb stuff. Just dumb. Just silly. Just stupid. And it stinks in God's uh, eyes. Stinks. It don't even smell good in his breath. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord Jesus. I'm trying to be nice about it. Woo! We got to review our claims, and then we got to revamp our convictions when we know that the truth and our and our way of exemplifying it don't match. We got to level up. We got to go to the next level, and that's what the scripture is talking about in this. That listen, that you would walk worthy of God. That's chapter two. And have, who have called you into his kingdom and glory. And for this we thank God. Which effectually works also in you because you what? You believe. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? Now let's go, let's go on because we got to get into this convicted under holiness. See, but you won't be convicted until your heart is the Lord. You won't be convicted until you're converted. And that's the thing. We got a lot of people that are that are convinced, but convinced is a manipulation. Someone has to wheel you in, and that's why we need to stop having so many altar calls at the church. Oh Lord, listen, you're just talking to some stuff this morning. Oh my goodness, I got the wounds. Yeah, because we we open up this, these altars and we allow people to come up and cry, but they don't change. We open up these altars and we tell them we tell them to lift their hands and to say some little trite confession as if they saved. They're not saved because of that. And salvation is a process. You got to work out your salvation. We need to stop having these fake things in the sanctuary and these fake altars. And even with this laying hands on stuff, you don't lay hands on no man suddenly. In other words, you don't just do this as a regular church ritual. We got so much foolishness going on. And I hope you pastors are listening because you're doing all types of stuff to keep people that are not committed there and God can't bring who he wants to bring in your church because you're so busy being religious and not and not a lover of the truth and you're not free. You're creating bondage for the people that you are keep, trying to keep there with their hocus pocus and foolishness and these circles of, 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 of these little secret societies that you have. And some of you are sinning with these being participating in fraternities and sororities that are separating you from the knowledge of God. You don't have no business having secret societies in the church. And got demons leading you that have, have devoted themselves and create and call created confessions and dedicated themselves to the devil and don't even know it. And you got them as your bishop and your pastor. Shame on you for being a fool, for following them, and shame on them for being foolish enough to, to have any other loyalty outside of Christ. Denounce that foolishness and get saved. Don't got no business being known by the divine nine. You need to be known by the divine Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This type of is right. Send that to them and Tell them I said it. Glory to God. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about leveling up. And I sound like the mad prophet, the madness of the prophet. Anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to quote the whole of that scripture. I might get offended from there. <laughs> Glory to God. I feel good about my preaching today. Hallelujah. Anyway, all right. In chapter 3, this is and, and this is this is why I love the fact that in Paul in these appeals he references all his key players in these two chapters, all the ones Silas, Timothy, uh, and and the other ones in chapter five he tells you who to greet, and and he tells you first of all he said first of all we know for our work we're not just telling you we apostles and we're not working this thing out and we're not exemplifying this in our own life. This is the work of the gospel, or this is the work of faith that we exemplify what we believe. And because we exemplify this, we challenge you. We 
challenge you, body of Christ, to step up to, to where Christ is seated, to let Christ be in you, to walk as children of the light and to walk as children of the day, to let the dispensation of God be a reality in your life, to let God be God and let every man be a liar and let God be true. He says, step up and level up to where God wants you to be. Because you can't fake being a Christian. See, holiness is an alignment to our actions, belief, and character with the spirit of truth. Holiness requires wholeness, that every area is balanced in our life. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. It's wholeness. It's wholeness. You got to be at a place where your spirit, soul, and body are aligned to the will of God. And the only thing that can separate the soul from the spirit is the word of God. In other words, the only thing that can show you whether you're living by the flesh or why you're living by your own emotions, will, and intellect is the Holy Spirit of the word of God, the spirit of the word, which is the word of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Chapter 4 picks this up, that everyone should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, that no man go beyond, so you, not in the lust of conscience, that is a, that is a, 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 a in-depth, uh, that is a perversion, that is a deep-seated perversion, a twisting of, of, uh, of, of your mentality to, to be okay with sex, uh, unperverted sexuality. It's a pass down. In, it is like loaded iniquity. And that's why he says when, when you really deal with sanctification, one of the major things when you are bounded more and more to please God, and, and it says that the commandments that we gave you of the Lord were burdensome so that the will of God can be manifested because because that sanctification will keep you uh, from not from not knowing God, where your whole life is identified by your sexuality. That's what it says. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that everyone should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of conscience. He, he's talking about the same message. He didn't change subjects. When he talks about sanctification, this is talking about the walk of faith. Now, we talked about the work of faith. The work of the faith is that you, the, you and, the, and, the, and the leaders need to come together. Our prayers for you and, and our apostolic work should be a vivid display of what you should apply to your life. But then the, the, the walk of faith is something that you have to carry out, and you carry it out by being holy. In other words, you got to be balanced. What, what I said, you got to align your actions, your beliefs, and your character to the spirit of truth. And and the first, what sexuality does when you identify yourself, and that's subconscious. In other words, you can't be a vessel unto the Lord and identify yourself solely by your sexuality. This is what this is talking about. Every one of you should know how to possess his own vessel for sanctification, not in the lust of conscience. Even as the Gentiles, which know not God, you know why they didn't know God? Because they knew sex. Sex was their God. That no man go beyond and refraud his brother in any matter because the Lord is avenger of all such. And we also have forewarned you and testified. Now, you can go back to Corinth. You can go back to Ephesus. You can go back to... Uh, 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 Galatea, you can go back to Rome, and you can see that all of them would have been cut off because they didn't flee fornication. 
And fornication is not just sex. It's, 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 it has everything to do. It's, it is sex. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's not just sex. It is. It is. It is. It encompasses everything that separates you and causes you to identify yourself outside of God and practice your sexuality outside of God. All right. Now, for God has not called you unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despises not man, despises or despises not man, but God, who has given unto us his Holy Spirit. Now, why does he say that? Well, you got to know what the scriptures say about that. You got to reference the scripture that tells you your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Ye ought to honor the Lord with your body. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's still talking about sex. But as touching brotherly love, ye need that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught to love, to, taught of God to love one another, and indeed toward all all the brethren in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And, and then listen, he says, apply this. Be quiet. Study to be quiet. Right? And and it says, mind your own business. Why, but why are we saying all this? Because he wants you. And we'll go to comfort and to Christ's return in a second, but um, but let's go to comprehend and practical application. I guess that's what you wanted, Lord, and I was disobedient trying to flip it. Okay, <laughs> but it's okay. I got it right, God. It's on the tape. Hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we 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 need to walk honestly. Now, see, I told you this is the walk of faith. In in chapters one and two, we learn the work of faith, and you don't work it. It's it's the power of God that works it, that translates you in the kingdom, that works it. But the, what you walk out is you maintaining holiness. Now, now listen, this don't mean you wear clothes to prevent yourself from expressing lustful sexuality. That's stupid. You don't look to something natural to sustain you supernaturally. And the source of the of the struggles of things that are taking place naturally doesn't start uh, from it being a natural place. You got to go back to the source. So the reason why he secures holiness with with truth and humility and honor is for the sake that you can only obtain the truth and the honor when you are connected with the Holy Spirit. Holiness requires wholeness. Did I say that? So we studied to be quiet, and he says, "Listen, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them." Oh, well, that's a whole other area, but that we walk, that we may. Verse twelve is what I'm trying to get to. That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. Now, jump over to verse chapter five, and we're gonna give us five applications, practical applications. And then we're going to comfort each other by, by Christ's return. Okay, that's how we're going to finish this. All right. Y'all ready? Now, we went from chapter 4. I did my summary of chapter 4. We done went from verses 1 through 12, that you walk honestly toward them that are without, that ye may lack of nothing. All right? So this is talking about sanctification. Everyone should know how to possess 
his wrestle with sanctification and honor, not in lust. And, and of course, lust is a byproduct of covenant. How, how ye ought to walk and to please God so ye abound more and more. So this is talking about walking faith. You got to walk. For we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Your walk must be aligned with the word of God. That's what the faith walk is. It's an alignment to God's word. It's, take, it's leveling, leveling you up to every area in your life to God's word. Hallelujah. So five applications in 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Five applications. Read it. It's, and it's very simple. And the reason why I say it's application because you don't need an interpretation to do it. It says, it says what? Verse 16. Or, yeah, verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks. Well, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Thank you, not only with your words saying thank you, but in your behavior. Do you get what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. And then it says uh, in verse 19, quench not the spirit. In other words, don't strain your relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right. Number three. Don't despise, verse 20, don't despise or despise my prophesying. Prophesy. In other words, now let me tell you this. This despise is not saying uh, don't be resistant of somebody prophesying to you. That's not what it's saying. Because the Bible tells you, don't let people prophesy to you without a judge. Go to Corinthians. And you see the instructions on how prophecy should take place in the church. And how it should take place, there ain't no such thing as personal prophecy. But, you know, so God ain't telling you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you want a magic show, keep doing what you're doing. If you want to change your life, align to the word of God. The prophesying that he's talking about is those things that can be traced in scripture that have been released by men separated of God, separated of God to serve as the example and show and showed you with proof, signs, and wonders through the passage of time that these things ought to be. So when they're saying despise my prophesying, they're talking about don't despise the effort that it takes for you to know the word, for you to know what the word has in it to change and transfigure and transform your life. Don't despise the prophetic process wherein God uses time to process you to get, get from hindsight to insight, from insight to foresight, from foresight to revelation. Do you get what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Don't, don't stop the process. Do you get what I'm saying? And then, it, and it, then it, it fortifies it in verse 5 or verse 22, which is number 5, or no, 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 which is number 4, in, uh, verse 21. And that is, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Do you see how those two work together? Don't despise the process. Prophet, prophecy teaches us the voice of God. We see how the voice of God by, by appreciating time, by appreciating what's been planted, and what's been harvested. See time harvest, real harvest. Not money, but God's plan. Comprehending the plan of God is what he's talking about. Don't despise it. Go through the process. 
because you're not going to get it overnight. We are we're in a microwave society that wants results. Two seconds. It don't work like that. God is not a microwave. Hallelujah. And he shows us, he gives us technology just to show us that he's superior to them all. <laughs> Hallelujah. And no matter how much technology you have, you don't, you don't stop his clock. Hallelujah. Prove all things. And when you prove all things, it tells you don't only just prove it because you're going to see some things that are false hold to what is good. See, these are practical applications, five of them. A number of grace, which I always use, five support. And then, and then, and then, it, then it says, "Listen, now, he, and, ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost." Verse twenty-two: Abstain from the appearance of evil. Now, I learned something. There's a commandment that says, "Thou shalt not bear false witness." You know, it's evil to act like you believe something that you don't believe. It's evil to represent something you don't understand. It's evil. To, you know, because the, the devil puts on a, a cloak of maliciousness, or uh, he puts he, he parades himself like an angel of light when he really dark. So some of these evils and stuff that we have to stop is acting like we know stuff that we don't know, and acting like we believe stuff that we don't believe, and acting like we behave a certain way when we really don't behave that way. If you're going to be the devil, be the devil all the way. If you're going to be a child of God, be a child of God all the way. Don't fake it. We used to say, fake it till you make it. The devil is alive. That's an erroneous spirit. It is not the reflection of the spirit of truth. And I'm coming against that religious demon that tries to make you out to be something that you're not. Let God make you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Because we're convicted unto <laughs> holiness. And this is why. This is why. Second Timothy. Let's go back. Chapter 4. Second Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's go back. Chapter 4. For the Lord himself <laughs> shall descend from heaven with a shout. And the voice of the archangel with the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall so we ever be with the Lord. Now, one of the concepts here, and it says comfort one another with these words. The concept here is that those that have died and those that remain, when Christ comes, will join will join and be with Christ forever. Our 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 comfort to be and our command to be holy and to level up and be convicted unto holiness and comprehend practical application will be when we learn this comfort that we're going to be with Jesus one day. And we're going to have to get this thing together today. One of the reasons why um, the old saints got shown up saved, and I'm not saying it was all right, but they shown up knew there was a hell and they sure enough knew, and I'm saying this in the old black English, they sure enough knew they need to be holy. 
for some reason, this generation thinks they, can, they, they are not required to be completely separated unto the Lord. For some reason, this generation is convinced that they can straddle the fence and to be, and to be lukewarm and expect to be on God's side. For some reason, they figure they don't have to do nothing. And I'm not saying, and listen, this distorted, de- 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 deteriorating, retarded, uh, uh, improper interpretation of grace. You get what I'm saying? Has, has made it so that we don't have to put no pursuit into passionately exemplifying the holiness that we should carry within. Somewhere we done missed it. And I don't know how you read the word. And the word tells you to be convicted to holiness, to abstain from the appearance of, of evil, to despise not the prophesy, to prove all things, and show you. And these apostles are saying, we worked it so you can work it and you not level up. There's something wrong with this generation. We're not seeing what the word says. And then we don't even have an expectation that Jesus is coming back and we claim to be saved. Something's wrong with that. We think salvation. Level up. Something's wrong with that. And the reason and, and the reason why there is it's not a source of comfort because you don't have conviction and you don't comprehend. That's all it is. The word is not regarded. So the work of faith is not realized. And because you're not walking in this thing, you're not seeing the reality where God has provided for you to live. And it takes courage to say, for God I live, and for God I die. Somewhere, in some area of our life, we got to level up. And notice when I talked about holiness, I could care less what clothes you have on. I could care less what you are trying to do to keep yourself sexually pure. Get it together. He lets you know that a lot of stuff stems from you trying to identify yourself just as a sexual being. But the only way you're going to overcome that stuff is you're going to have to sanctify God in your heart. You're going to have to go through that process of life where you prioritize God first. Hallelujah. You don't need no strategies, to, especially you singles who always, you know, I hate the term single. First, I don't like being single. It's demonic. I'd rather be with somebody and walk with them than to be alone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Praise God. And when we comprehend the plan of God, we can communicate our faith effectively. And then the content of our character will reflect more, and we won't have to say things. We can prove it. We can prove it. We can prove it. Lord have mercy. I can teach on this. Real holiness is, is, a, is a high regard to humility and wholeness. You get what I'm saying? And that's what we must be convicted by. But then we also must be com- confident with the return of Christ because it is that glorious return that makes life worth living. Now, let me tell you something. In that particular chapter, and, and, and Second Thessalonians goes back into it, it lets us know some things about death and life. 
one, then they're not at an advantage because they died before us, those who have died before us. And we are not at an advantage because we are alive and remain. That catching up that takes place in the spirit brings us all into God's plan when he's ready to implement the great return in the reign of Christ. We all get it. And the Bible refers to those who died before us as sleeping Jesus or at a place of rest. You get what I'm saying? So you, one thing you can be comforted in is if you decide to not stay here until his blessed return, you're going to be resting when you go to be with the Lord. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So in other words, God got you. No matter what state you're in, God got you. You don't have to be afraid of death because death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your But There's no victory in death when it comes to you. Your victory is that you have eternal life through the Lord Jesus. And God teaches you a quality of living that you have not experienced. But if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, these things will be added unto you. There's a quality of life where you can see beyond the norm. You can see beyond the flesh. You can sustain your flesh and strain and stretch yourself to live out the spirit. There's a quality of life that you can live. It's the level up. It's the level up. It's the place where Colossians says where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, where you're not focused on things on earth. It's that place where you can be touching the hearts of people all over the earth because the prayers that have been effectuated over your life are reaching one another, and the love that abounds in your heart is flowing from generation to generation. This is the place where God can show you his plan without restraint. This is the place where you can obtain his promises, and you don't have to wait into the clouds when we meet the Lord in the air, when you live day by day, trusting in his word, despising not prophesying, proving all things, cleaving to what is good, God can then show you this quality of life and raise you to a greater consciousness of life that causes you to live by faith and not by sight. And that faith will see that you will be among the elders that counted among the good things. That faith will cause blind eyes to see that great Faith will cause uh, the lane to walk. That faith will cause worlds to be framed. That faith will cause your dreams to come true. That faith will cause all provisions to be met. That faith will cause. Oh, glory, glory, God, I'm not supposed to preach it. This is a Bible study where we study the Word of God systematically, and I'm out of time, not out of context. We're going to finish this uh, first division up next week. Praise our God. Praise our God. Hallelujah. I've been preaching too long, so we get old school and start hoping at the end. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. Praise God. God bless you. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. It's been fun. I know I sound like a holy just a hell preacher I am. Glory to God. But <laughs> I trust that you can see beyond my country accent. And, and my old Pentecostal flair, they just like flared up to the next level. <laughs> just, just enjoy your Sunday in the Word. Glory to God. I'll see you next week.